Welcome in to Home Field Advantage. My name is Will Hyland. I'm your host. Today is February 10th, 2021. It is the Wednesday following the Super Bowl. And we are excited to go over what I went over with you all on Saturday prior to the big game and see where I was right and inevitably where I was wrong. Um, So we'll be spending most of the show talking about the Super Bowl and the aftermath of it. Uh, But we'll be spending, I'd say, also a good amount of time talking goat talk. And I don't mean the farm animals that give you uh, hippie milk or hippie cheese. I'm talking about the greatest of all time and the greatest of all time and what that discussion looks like after Sunday's events. I think a lot of people obsess too much over this goat talk. I think there's often too many uh, discussions. There's too much hype made about this goat discussion. Who's the greatest of all time? And how does this person in this era compare to that person in that era? What about this person in this sport versus that person in that sport? I think a lot of it is contrived by the sports media. Uh, And people like me who have podcasts or people who have a bigger uh, audience, people who have significance when it comes to opinion making in the sports industry, uh, we're the ones that talk the most about this stuff. And and I think to a somewhat smaller extent, there's also a group of people that this is their water cooler discussion at work. This is what people talk to each other about while they're hanging out and so this is the perfect sort of uh discussion for 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 the week after the super bowl and you know i waited a few days because i i I didn't want to just be lost in the shuffle and put out an episode on monday when a lot of people were listening to a lot of super bowl takes but i also didn't want to do it too late where people were kind of over the super bowl i think today being the buccaneers championship Uh, Parade is probably the last day that people are going to talk about the Super Bowl as a quote-unquote recent event, Um, and then they'll start talking about the legacy of the Super Bowl. And for those of you who live under a log or a rock and who didn't watch the game, the Kansas City Chiefs, for lack of a better term, they sort of got blown out. And I, I know that's blasphemy to assume that Patrick Mahomes isn't the greatest thing to ever happen to NFL football, but he looked pretty pedestrian and the Chiefs were not good. And a lot of that had to do with they were missing guys on the offensive line. The Tampa Bay defense was legit. They caused problems. But I mean, I look at Pat Mahomes and cute. He made a few acrobatic throws that weren't complete. I mean, the, I'll be told, hey, Will, look at look how great he, he was. He was parallel to the ground. He threw it underhand. It was almost a touchdown. But it wasn't. It wasn't a touchdown. He sucked in terms of what he, in, in terms of the standard that we apply him to and whether that be is a fair one or not. He kind of sucked. And it's okay to admit that he sucked for one game. I I mean, I'm not telling you that he's awful and he's a bad quarterback, but, I mean, he was running for his life. The Chiefs did nothing to adjust and help him out. 
And yes, he willed his way to any opportunity that that team might have had. If it was any other quarterback, the game would have surely been over by halftime. But Mahomes, despite how great he is, could not get it done against that Tampa Bay defense, and it's okay to admit that. You know, so many people are like, oh my God, Pat Mahomes, he outplayed Brady. No, he didn't. you, You can't throw, you know, two interceptions and zero touchdowns and have the best offense in the league score nine points and say that you outplayed a guy who threw three touchdowns and zero interceptions and was named game MVP. It's just Mahomes is an off, you know, he, he, he's an off kind of center kind of dude. Like he's not like other quarterbacks. He's just kind of off the rails when it comes to what normal quarterbacks look like when it comes to how they play the position in, in a given in a given game. He's not a mobile first quarterback, but he's not someone who's only going to stand in the pocket like someone like Brady. So he's he's off center when it comes to that sort of uh, that sort of discussion. But it's okay to admit he had a bad game. So I just want to get that out of the way because I feel like the past three days there's been so much excuse making for that performance by the Chiefs and not enough being talked about that they didn't rise to the occasion and they didn't make any adjustments. You're telling me that Todd Bowles is the first coach to try and play zone and, and, and uh, you know, only rush four guys against against the uh, against the Chiefs? I don't think he is. He's cer- certainly not. I mean, Mahomes had thrown a touchdown pass in every single one of his starts in his NFL career, and then on Sunday he didn't. Yeah, the Tampa Bay defense legit is legit. They balled out. But at the same time, it's okay to admit that the Chiefs' offense was a shell of itself, and they too were part of the problem. It wasn't as easy as just... You know, saying, hey, we, we're going to take our ball and go home. We, you know, we're up against a great defense. They didn't have any answers. And this is an offense that was supposed to, you know, be the best we've ever seen with this quarterback in, you know, this season. I mean, they were all healthy. They have two all-pro pass catchers. And they pretty much did nothing offensively right that entire game. I mean, great. Kelsey had double-digit catches and triple-digit yards. But they didn't let Travis Kelsey beat you. Travis Kelsey can't block. The difference between Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski is Rob Gronkowski actually blocks. Gronk is a factor physically. Travis Kelsey is not a physical factor. They didn't bring him inside and have him chip defensive linemen. They didn't bring him inside and have him help out in the, while Pat Mahomes was running for his life. The Chiefs just said, nope. Pat Mahomes is unbeatable. We're just going to roll with him, and eventually he'll throw three touchdowns in five minutes and we'll be back in the game, and that never happened because Mahomes looked pedestrian, and it's okay to admit those things. So just, again, I know I'm kind of rambling on this, but I had to lead off with that. Now, if you want to talk about Brady and how Brady played, Brady was good. He was efficient. He looked like the Tom Brady from, like, 20... 14, 2015, like kind of like not exceptionally well. He's not going to throw for 450 yards in the Super Bowl like he did, you know, against Philadelphia three years ago. 
you know, but he's also not going to be a straight-up game manager. He's kind of threading the line between those two schools of quarterbacking, and he's efficient as all hell can be. He Three touchdowns, no picks. I mean, there was the little sequence there where he had a couple incompletions and then that interception that was called back. That wasn't a great sequence. But they established a running game early. They threw for play action, and they took advantage of mistakes. And one of the things I said on Saturday was Tampa is going to have to take advantage of field position in order to win the game, and they did exactly that. Um, And another thing I said is sort of what I was talking about a few minutes ago. The game was going to be decided in the trenches. It was going to be decided between the Chiefs offensive line and the Tampa Bay defensive line, and the Tampa Bay defensive line balled out and made basically the Chiefs look like a college offense, and it was fantastic to see from a football perspective how that chess match um, unfolded and the lack of the lack of response by Kansas City in, in that regard. And another one of the things I said on Saturday was that special teams was going to be a factor, and it was. Early on in the first half, the Chiefs' special teams was a disaster. I can't even remember their punter's name at this point. But he basically gave the Buccaneers 40 yards of net, you know, of net yardage after one of those punts that he made that was just completely awful. And Tom Brady, like I said, he would, had to have taken advantage of those things in order for the Buccaneers to win. And that offense did exactly that. Um, So I was right about the battle of the trenches and I was right about special teams. But I was wrong when I said that Tampa's defense was vulnerable. There was absolutely no vulnerabilities that happened on Sunday afternoon. Like, zero. Like, Tampa Bay's defense was never really in a position where they had their backs up against the wall and needed to make a stop. They just weren't. And I think the only time that they sort of faced any adversity was right after the goal line stand where it looked like the Chiefs were going to start moving the ball and start going down the field and answering. And the Tampa defense just wasn't letting uh, Kansas City move at all. And and, and that was something that really shaped the outcome of the game as as, uh, halftime dawned on them and uh, and the second half began. I was also wrong about uh, Patrick Mahomes in betting against him. And I I know I talked about this a lot a few minutes ago, but I thought there's absolutely no way that this kid's going to lose a game. I mean, he just doesn't lose, especially big games. Like, he had won, like, I think he was 6-1 and in the playoffs, and his only loss was to Brady, and it was that fluky overtime game a couple years ago in in Kansas City, and I thought there's just no way this kid's going to lose. Like, it doesn't matter how bad that team looks. They're, they're going to find a way to win the game. And like I said earlier, they just could not do that. And I think Mahomes is going to regret this game because, as I said in the outset, one of the things that people like to talk about all the time is goats. You know, who's the greatest of all time? And as far as Tom Brady is concerned, this argument has been over since 2015. Like, when the Pats beat the Seahawks six years ago and, you know, Tom Brady put a hot knife through butter in that 
legion of boom defense in that fourth quarter against Seattle, there was no doubt in my mind that he had established himself as the greatest of all time by winning his fourth title. Uh, Two years later, they completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl and NFL history, beating the Atlanta Falcons. That was like the icing on the cake. You said there's no way that anyone else could be considered the GOAT after this game. Nobody had has five Super Bowl rings except for Tom Brady. He's he's clearly the best of all time. Then he lost to the Eagles the following year, and everyone was like, oh, like, I mean, I don't know. He's only five and three in Super Bowls. What's it what's it mean? He threw he um he had a fumble when the game was on the line. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. He threw for 500 yards in that game, and they lost because Bill Belichick was too too stubborn to put Malcolm Butler in the game. All right? The following year, they go and beat the Rams in kind of a ho-hum Super Bowl. That's now 6-3, to three, and he walks out the door in New England. It doesn't finish his career there well. They, you know, they lose at home to the Titans, and... And in my mind, he could have retired and he would have still been considered the greatest athlete in the history of American team sports. I think as soon as he got to six, he became better than Michael Jordan in my mind. I might be biased because I'm A, from New England, and B, more of a football fan than a basketball fan. But to me, he was better than Michael Jordan after that point. Sunday night was just a masterful performance of he is the greatest of all time. There's absolutely no way else to put it. He is the greatest football player in the history of the NFL. And in in case you were still doubting that he was the best American team sport athlete in the history of American team sports, seven rings with two different franchises and 10 trips to the championship game and 14 trips to uh, to the title game were, were just beyond any shadow of a doubt that you could call someone else, especially another quarterback from the NFL, but the, over him in the all-time ranks. That being said, there has developed, excuse me, a debate about whether or not this argument for Brady will, will hold up. Because a lot of people expect Patrick Mahomes to have that kind of career because he is so talented. A lot of people expected Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers to have that career, and they've only won a single Super Bowl each. Peyton Manning, who a lot of people considered the greatest quarterback of all time, or at least in the top three or four a few years ago before his retirement, he only won two. And the problem is, is we're now comparing every single quarterback to Tom Brady, and I don't think you can. I think Tom Brady is the GOAT regardless. I think the only time it was ever close was when Brady had three and lost two and Montana had four and lost zero. And a lot of people still thought Montana was the greatest of all time. Montana also played with the best receiver of all time. How much did that benefit him? So when it comes to GOAT talk... It's going to be hard for Mahomes to separate himself from Brady for the rest of his career. When you lose the Super Bowl to him and you've lost an AFC title game to him, 
again, not that quarterbacks ever really square off against each other like basketball players do or like tennis players do. They're never on the field at the same time. But Mahomes, whether it's his fault or not, is going to be compared to Brady. And that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's what's going to happen. And and I don't think anybody in the NFL is catching Brady's legacy and GOAT status uh, in my lifetime, at least. Um, so that's my thought on the football GOAT. What's now started to develop is even more conversations about the greatest of all times or the greatest of all time, excuse me, as it pertains to other sports. And people will say Jordan, and I'm, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, if there was anybody that was going, that you were going to say was better than Brady as a team sport athlete, then sure, Michael Jordan won six titles. And, but he also quit on his team twice really once, really once when he went and played baseball, and he really, I mean, I know that, again, this is sort of blasphemy to say anything bad about Michael Jordan, but he kind of was kind of a jerk, and a lot of people didn't like him. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people don't like Tom Brady either, but, like, you can see how Tom Brady elevates everyone, and everyone says he's the greatest. Yeah, people say that about Michael Jordan, but... There's also a lot of people that don't like Michael Jordan, and those people are probably similar to the people that don't like Tom Brady. So if you want to call that a wash, sure. If you're going to be the greatest of all time in your sport, people are going to dislike you. So I'll concede that. Okay? Then Gretzky comes up. Another great choice. And then when you talk about team sport athletes, you know, people like Babe Ruth, LeBron, which I think is stupid. LeBron, who changes scenery every time something doesn't work out for him. You know, if Tom Brady changed scenery every time Bill Belichick had a hair across his ass, then Tom Brady will probably have played for four or five teams by now. You know, the fact that it took Tom Brady 20 years to realize that, like, oh, maybe I don't want to play for Bill Belichick anymore and actually pull the cord, you know, then that's that's okay. (laughs) Like, you know, like, other... With LeBron, it was it was almost like, oh, I can't win a ring here. I'm going to go to Miami. Tom Brady never did that. He brought teams to the Super Bowl that had no business even being in the, you know, conference title game. So when it comes to GOAT status and LeBron and Brady, I don't, I don't think it's laughable to have that discussion. So anyway, we're talking team sport athletes, Brady, Jordan, Gretzky, Ruth, Mantle maybe, LeBron James... Kareem, Larry Bird, uh, you know, we're talking Manning, Joe Montana, people like that. But what has really developed that has kind of perplexed me is this sort of attempt to compare Olympic athletes or individual athletes with team sport athletes, especially or or global team sport athletes. And I, I, I just think that's a dangerous road to go down because like cool, if you want to compare Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, and Tom Brady, like, you can do that, but their sports are so different, and the rules in those sports are so different, and they're not even played on the same continent, and it's just kind of a waste of everyone's time, and in my opinion, the same can be said if you try to compare someone like Tom Brady or Michael Jordan to a to a tennis player or to a golfer, like Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus and 
Serena Williams, Roger Federer, like these people are goats in their own realms. But they also play a sport where they don't have teammates. They might have a coach. They might have a personal coach, but they don't have salary caps for their team. They don't have their they can't be traded. You know, they can't, you know, lose teammates in free agency. They can't have coaches get fired. I mean, like, all of that is just different. It's apples and oranges, and it's non-comparable. I mean, Serena Williams is insanely talented. She's won, like, 23 Grand Slams. She won a major title when she was pregnant. I mean, no male athlete, obviously, can ever do that. So, I mean... All right, I should be careful what I say now, really. But, I mean, no, nobody like Tom Brady or Michael Jordan or LeBron James can say that. I mean, so that's impressive. But, again, she's her own athlete. She doesn't have to deal with teammates who might get injured or, you know, she doesn't have to deal with opportunities that might slip away because of, uh, because of, uh, you know, coaching changes or, or, or anything like that. She, she's, I mean, she and Tiger and, you know, Phil and all these, all these individual athletes are fantastic in their own realms, but you can't really compare them to team sport athletes. And I mean, and team sport athletes, they don't have to travel internationally and do four day long tournaments like these people do. I mean, they fly on chartered aircraft with their whole team, and they stay in hotels, and, you know, they get to stay in North America. So it, it's just not really a comparable situation. So when it comes to that GOAT stuff, I, I, I draw the line there. I mean, you, you can just accept... You can just accept a, a uh, you know, a athlete for their own individual glory and accomplishments if they play an individual sport and kind of leave it at that. And then you can also, you know, acknowledge that team athletes, part of their success comes from the team. I don't think Tom Brady wins that Super Bowl the other night if his defense has a bad night, you know? So I think that there's multiple layers to all of these situations and to oversimplify it is just kind of a, a talk radio exercise and not, not always constructive. That being said, my next episode uh, we'll be listing uh, more goat talk, more, more more than likely with my with my hopeful uh, guest on the show. So I only only expect one more episode that has to deal with goat talk, I, and, and then I think we'll, we'll all be over it for the time being. And just like we're all over talking about COVID or politics or anything like that. So uh, that I mean that that's my take on the goat on the goat discussions. Uh, feel free to drop a comment or you know, tweet me on Twitter or comment on Facebook or anything. If you, if you disagree or feel like I missed something, uh, or want to add some constructive, uh, feedback, I'm always down for that. I think that's the best part of talking about sports is, you know, this isn't real life. <laughs> you know, we're not talking about politics or death or viruses or anything. So I think that's, uh, that's an important thing. Well, uh, anyway, thanks for, thank you all for listening. Uh, Excuse me while I was driving home from work recording this podcast. I waited as long as I possibly could to do so, but I'm happy we had the opportunity. And um, feel free to subscribe. Uh, 
to my podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, definitely follow me on Twitter and um, anything else uh, that that you might want to do to uh, contribute to the conversation. I'd be more than happy to uh, oblige. So uh, thanks again for listening. This is Home Field Advantage. My name is Will Highland. If you liked this episode, please go follow at homefieldpod on Instagram or at Will Highland on Twitter to learn more about Home Field Advantage and Will's upcoming sports media brand. Home Field Advantage is an independent podcast, and the opinions and thoughts expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of any company or third-party organization.